Java Unscripted is a podcast made by people from all walks of life on their developmental journey to develop. We will celebrate W's, talk through L's, interview friends, and if there's time, talk a little tech. We focus on the journey, not the destination, and hopefully try to catch any errors along the way. Welcome to Java Unscripted. This is Sam. On today's pod, uh, we got a dear, dear friend of the pod and an amazing cohort mate of ours, uh, a fantastic engineer, and if you can believe it, an even more magnificent person. Please join me in welcoming Kelsey. Welcome to Java Unscripted. This is Sam. It's your boy, Eric. And I'm Charlie. And like I said, we have an amazing guest on today. I'm going to throw it over to her for a little, for a little uh, self-introduction. Uh, Kelsey, could you say hello to everybody? Hi, everybody. Um, <laughs> Welcome. Gosh, that's that's quite an introduction to, you know, live up to, Sam, there. Yeah, well, we're going to hold you to it. So Okay. <laughs> well, let me crash and burn early then so that, you know. Yeah, we just want your full history and your exact address, everything. Date of birth, Credit social report. security number. Credit score. <laughs> tell, tell us about yourself and yeah. we'll get we'll get that information. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll send you my tax returns. Nice. Um, <laughs> tell us a little bit about like um, your journey, how you got to where you are now, where you are now. And who you are. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, I'm Kelsey. Um, <laughs> I am in Codesmith with you guys. Yes. And let's see. Why I joined Codesmith, take that one. Mm -hmm. You want the short version or the long version? Always the long. You heard Sam on the podcast. Always the long. <laughs> Have you ever heard me? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you're comfortable with sharing is fine. Yeah. Um, so I think um, my, funnily enough, my journey with coding started in high school mm. um, where I was not allowed into the coding class hmm. because, you know, I was still hadn't finished calculus yet. Oh my God. And it was like technically a math department elective. So I just remember sitting in the computer lab um, next to my friends who were in the, you know, the programming class because they were all, mm -hmm. you know, brilliant people who had already mastered calculus and beyond. Um, <laughs> mm -hmm. So, um, and these were high schoolers, right? High schoolers. Oh, yeah. That oh, yeah. Mastered oh, yeah. Calculus. I, I went to a really prestigious, um, annoyingly, um, you know, like academically inclined high school. Mm. Um, yeah, which, you know, had its pros and its cons. Um, mm. <laughs> um, and so I remember, I just have this very vivid memory of um, my friend Jen was working on her programming homework. Mm -hmm. And she, um, I think she was using Java as the language. And she had like a little like fish game thing that she had to make little fish images move <laughs> across the grid. And, and I was just like, fascinated mm. so she's just sitting there doing her homework and i'm sitting right next to her like you know what what if you do this you know like what if you try that 
And she's like, you know, very nicely letting me watch her do her homework. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And that's kind of um, where it started for me. um, Mm. Because when I got to college, I um, said, you know, I'm going to take a programming class because that was really cool. Mm-hmm. And of course, um, I was at a college that did not have a computer science department um, because, you know, thinking ahead was not my strong suit when I was 18. Um, You're not alone. <laughs> so, You're definitely um, not alone. <laughs> so, I, um, there was this like math elective that I was allowed to take mm-hmm. um, called like intro to computing or introduction to computer programmatic thinking, something like that, which was a little bit of programming and a lot of like theory. Um, but it ended up not mattering that there was no computer science program at that college. Cause, um, by November, um, I had, um, you know, just sunk into like a really deep depression Mm. um you know like Mm. and it it came on gradually like you know first i stopped doing my homework um because i just didn't have the energy or the interest to do homework Mm -hmm. um and then i stopped going to class Mm -hmm. and um and then you know after a while i stopped um going um to the cafeteria Mm -hmm. um so i didn't eat very regularly. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, if you don't eat or drink, you know, very much, you know, eventually you don't even have to leave your room to go to the bathroom, um, mm-hmm. very often. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's kind of where I was. Um, and one day I had emerged from my cave and just kind of aimlessly wandering the paths. And um, a professor of mine saw me um, on the path and, you know, had noticed that I hadn't been um, in class Mm. for like a month or so. Mm. And, you know, and he said, like, let's, let's walk you over to academic counseling. You know, so we walked over and um, then, they talked to me for about five minutes and they were like, we're going to walk you over to counseling, counseling. Mm. Um, and, and they did, mm. which was good because, you know, apparently walking places by myself was mm. something that people clearly saw was not going to happen. <laughs> mm. <laughs> and, um, yeah. And I, you know, I talked to, um, this, counselor there and and he said to me like you know you don't have to be here mm-hmm. and all of a sudden it was like this like massive light went on that you know mm-hmm. like you know what like things are not okay mm-hmm. and just being here sitting in my room is you know feeling miserable is mm-hmm. not um not something i have to do Mm. Um, and I, um, they like gave me the paperwork for a medical withdrawal and, Mm. um, 
or medical leave of absence, I think. And I, um, um, it was, it was snowing. It was December at that point. It was the week before finals. And I booked a plane. Um, you know, I was 3000 miles away from home, right? thousand miles away from anyone I knew. Um, and, um, you know, which definitely contributed to the, mm-hmm. you know, slide down. Of course. And um, I, um, yeah, I, I got on a plane that night and I've never been back. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, um, you know, I, I got home. Um, my parents, um, you know, talked to my doctor, got me in to see somebody. And, um, and I only found this out like a couple of years ago. Um, but which would be many years later, but, um, that the first, um, um, therapist I saw, um, she, I, she wrote to my pediatrician. I still saw my pediatrician at the Mm. time. Um, you know, her initial impression of me was um, not quite catatonic, um, which, yeah. like, you know, it still floors me when I think of it or yeah. say it. But, yeah. you know, if I think back to how I was then, you know, it's not, it's not that much of a stretch of imagination. Mm. Um, I was... Um, you know, I wasn't sleeping, so mm. at least not regularly. Um, and um, so that was like my low. Mm. Um, and unfortunately, um, for the next 11 years, um, I fought that depression. Um, and it, you know, very, very slowly (laughs) fought it back. Mm. Um, and, um, sometimes when I was feeling, um, a bit better, I, um, would, um, try to like, you know, do an online, um, those online MOOCs, um, for, um, coding and, Mm -hmm. um, and then I actually, um, I commuted to a local university and, um, I was a, uh, computer science minor for a little while. Nice. Um, and, um, but you know, the depression kept cycling back. Yeah. And, um, so I, I gave up the minor, mm. um, because it, I had just, it had taken me, you know, much, much longer than four years. Um, and I just wanted to graduate with a degree, um, the most expeditious route, mm-hmm. um, which at that point, because, um, I had so many, um, cause I went in with so many credits, um, in history for my, um, AP classes in mm-hmm. high school. 
um, I was like, it was really easy for me to graduate with a history degree. Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, so I dropped my minors and I, um, took the history degree as a win. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, and then, you know, I kind of, I wouldn't say I had a direction, um, Mm -hmm. you know, for a while, um, still, fighting the depression mm-hmm. you know, every year, you know, learning a little bit more about how to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, right. getting a little bit more successful, mm-hmm. but you know, it's kind of a cyclical thing. Yeah. There's, you know, ups and downs. And, um, so, um, yeah, I, um, I, started working, um, as an accountant, um, at my parents' firm. Um, and, um, which, you know, was something I said I was never going to do. Um, mm-hmm. my brother majored in accounting. I'd still don't understand that. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, I, it was never something I was passionate about or yeah. even really interested in. Yeah. Um, right. Small business accounting. You know, um, so, um, yeah, um, so I think it was like Udemy had a, had one of their sales. Always um, do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Always. <laughs> um, they had, a, they had a sale shortly after New Year's, um, trying to think this would have been. 2020 i think um yeah and um and i um i got this um this web development course Mm -hmm. um like completely on a whim Mm -hmm. um and you know i i worked through it for a month or two and then the pandemic hit and you know work was crazy and um trying to you know figure out okay you know how are we gonna be able to work from remotely and everything so that was kind of interrupted and Mm then um but i I went back to it um Mm -hmm. in like late summer you know i picked it up again because it was just fun yeah and um and the woman who um recorded the course um you know, she always said things like, um, you know, she'd preface something she was going to tell us, you know, us, um, (laughs) (laughs) with, um, um, you know, like this will come in handy when you're an engineer or, you know, when you're an engineer, you'll need to know this. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I definitely for months, like laugh that off. Like, you know, I'm doing this for fun. Like I'm not going to, be an engineer mm-hmm. you know um like um i don't know um if i want to say this but um like um growing up um in my family um 
the word engineer um, is very strongly associated with that like stereotypical person who, you know, thinks very mathematically and yeah. is mm-hmm. not, you know, yeah. going to deviate from the math for, yeah. you know, any um, reasons that might, you know, be um, human um, compassion or anything mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, you know, engineer, like, that's not who I'm going to be, you know, <laughs> like... Um, and then, um, and then I, I, I can vividly remember this moment too. Um, but, um, one night I had like basically stayed up all night. Um, and, um, it was like the sun was just, you know, coming up Mm -hmm. and, um, and I just had this thought like, you know, I could do this. Yeah. And, um, you know, like I think there are, you know, programs out there that help people do this. Mm -hmm. And so that's when I, you know, started Googling, what are those programs? Mm -hmm. And, and, um, and now I'm here. And that is the long answer. Hell yes. <laughs> Where are you? Uh, again, the, the program. What's the name of the program? <laughs> I'm asking. She's, I have, pull, uh, she's pulling your leg. She's acting. Okay. She's pulling um, your leg. Okay. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that is um, how I landed in Codesmith. Okay. Hashtag not sponsored. Not sponsored. <laughs> That's what I was looking for. I, I do, I do want to unpack a few things there, Kelsey. Yeah, so first of sure. all. Before Charlie unpacks, let okay. me just say, I kind of have a similar story, but I blame World of Warcraft for me staying in my room and being shut in <laughs> and not coming out and not bathing. And <laughs> I wish I could blame that for my dating life. <laughs> It's just now, Charlie, you can take it away. Sorry, I'm so rude. No, it's okay. It's all right. The the people listening at home are used to it already. I know. <laughs> but I just wanted to say, Kelsey, that, well, first of all, thank you for sharing that with us. Yes, and thank you. Being vulnerable enough to share that mm-hmm. with everybody listening. And that says a lot. And you should really let that empower you. And yeah. I'm I'm kind of pumped that you laid out your whole story like that in this format and that we're here to share that because now whenever you yourself want to rehear your story and see how far you've come you could just listen to that intro because it was like amazing and it's been great to you know obviously work with you through the program so far and yeah it's really great to like hear that whole context you know because um i don't know i just love hearing everybody's story and like where they've been, what they've been through, and how they arrived here. And everybody has a different story, and yours is beautiful. So thank you for sharing that with us, for sure. Yeah. Thanks, Charlie. Yeah, um, of course. I actually um, want to just respond to that real quick um, and say, um, you know, I, um, you know, when I um, thought about, you know, coming on here, um, it was really important to me to um, to share you know, some of that because, um, you know, when you're depressed, um, 
you feel like completely and utterly alone. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, it's just an awful feeling among a suite of awful feelings. Mm. Um, and so it's important to me to talk about it because it is so common and, you know, and you're, you're actually not alone. Um, yeah. it's just, you know, you're, it's hard to, you know, figure out who's on that journey with you. Mm. Right. Yeah. And it is hard to see the light when the lights are off and you're just in darkness. Mm. I feel you. Yeah, I feel yeah. you there. And, it's funny that Charlie I, says that because he's in purple darkness right now. The <laughs> listeners can't see if he's got like some purple filter over his camera. <laughs> uh, Sam giving me that disapproving look. Oh, oh let's go move on. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the, the other thing I just wanted to say real quick um, is that, um, you know, in terms of like how far I've come, um, like it is amazing to me, um, that, you know, I feel so much healthier now. Um, and, um, like I was, I was, I was talking about it earlier today with, um, with our instructor, Matt, um, during office hours. And, um, I teared up because like, I, I haven't been this healthy in probably 12 years, um, Mm. maybe more. Mm. And so like, that's, that's really something to celebrate. You know, I can, I have like so much more hope for the future now, which is. Got it question and i'll be serious for one moment in this podcast and say do you think that you say you haven't been this healthy in 12 years are you finding your old self and this is why i was going to try to reserve this question or do you think now you're redefining yourself and this is the new you Hmm. you know that's a really interesting question because um so i I was 18, you know, when I got really, really depressed, but, um, I would say I was, um, slowly heading in that direction for a couple of years before that. Mm. Um, so, you know, I don't, I don't know if I know, you know, like who I was as a healthy person. Um, yeah. Can you say that question again, Eric? Because I think I lost yeah, it. for sure. So you were saying that you didn't, you don't know because it was kind of bubbling up as you were approaching 18 years of age. If you've been, if last time you were 18, you were healthy, or is this the new version of you? Like the healthy version? Mm-hmm. Is that kind of your new state? Not to be Cody about it, but mm-hmm. is this the new you? Well, I'll tell you, um, I would love um, to find out what state management system persists um, <laughs> in this state. <laughs> Where so, have I been cached um, all this time? And so <laughs> you're, you're finding your health through your work is the question too? Yeah. Um, through your, your, your software development, but 
It's so much more than that. I'm listening to it. It's got to be personal development. I don't think software development is... If it was just that to us, we wouldn't have much to talk about. But is this your personal development too? Are they like together? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I... Um, I... Um, I'm trying to think how I can verbalize this because so much of um fighting depression is um like it happens first of all completely internally mm -hmm. um yeah. and um well not completely but yeah so much of it happens in your head mm -hmm. and um it's, um, but I'm trying to think of an example of, um, um, so like, um, you know, it's, it's how you fight, um, your thought patterns yeah. and, um, and, you know, and your thought patterns are not easy to fight because, you know, a first step is to realize your you know, step out of your current, you know, vein of thought, which can be really hard and recognize that, you know, okay, this is, this is a pattern I've seen before. And, mm. you know, and then that's, and then that's like the easiest step because, you know, how do you, you know, change a pattern that's making you feel bad um, yeah. when you're in it? Mm. I hate to cut you off, but this eerily reminds me of algorithms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, agreed. Like getting yeah. lost in a pattern that I just can't find no way out of. I I feel yeah. I I think it, I think it worked yeah. for that too. Um, yeah. not to just to make it lighthearted a little bit, but I feel you. I feel that because sometimes it's sometimes it's like you know your awareness of it is only half the battle right mm -hmm. so yeah. like in my life important half but yeah it is it is it is it's a very important half so being aware of it like when you're in it when you're in sadness or whatever state you're in or anger or, or whatever mm -hmm. um recognizing is the first step and like owning it but that doesn't necessarily mean that that's going to get you out of it like yeah the work still has to be done but like at least if you could recognize like this is something that i've felt before and i'm i'm gonna get through this eventually i don't know when mm -hmm. some of those things are open-ended you know but i definitely resonate with that yeah i will say though kelsey from obviously meeting you through my journey through codesmith um like you've just like been growing as a light in our community and i remember first time you spoke out on camera to all of us in the cohort you um were very vulnerable to us but you were still like definitely timid right and you're still like a little reserved and like it's been amazing to see your growth as an engineer and as a human being who's like more comfortable freely expressing yourself with all of us here and like i don't know like i just think that's that's a beautiful thing and i don't necessarily I don't know if it's a secret codesmith juice that everybody's talking about, but I, I but I will say that it's 
I, I think just the, the level of connection that we've been building with each other, all of us throughout this time, it, like brought a lot of people out of their shells and out of their comfort zones and stuff like that. Mm. And it's been cool. Like, I'll take it back to the first time you and I worked together and you were having a day or a week. And I was just like, yo, like, fuck it. We don't have to code nothing today. Like, let's just, let's just talk it out. Like, how are you doing? Yeah. What's going on? And I expressed what was going on in my life and how I was feeling. And like moments like that are so important. And that's like the other super important half of engineering that not everybody gets. It's that like level of empathy and being able to meet somebody where they're at and like not just be about the technicality and the code and how good you are at solving this algorithm or algorithm or building this web page. It's like, but can we have a conversation though if I'm not feeling it? You know? Yeah. And that was like that was like a that week when when you and I worked together taught me so much. It taught me mm. it like peeled my eyes back to realizing that software engineering was a lot more than just the software mm. engineering. Yeah. For sure. No, we're really um not to sound like big brother brotherish or whatever, but like it's just I'm proud of your progress and I just gotta say it's really brave what um I, I had a feeling that this was the direction the podcast would go, at least this episode, and I'm really happy to host and to bring awareness to this topic because it's important to me. Mm-hmm. And I'm not gonna go on a long tangent or whatever, but I struggled with depression in in a different light, um, like career depression, like going mm-hmm. nowhere and just going through the motions not having a purpose, aimless, and kind of being resentful of other people for their success. Mm. At least for me, my development and the journey so far is let me just focus on being comfortable in my skin and my journey. And, uh, and, and hopefully bringing along as many people as I can. So our, mm. our aim, at least in this unscripted uh, crew we have, and, and I'm sure in Codesmith too, but is to bring success to as many people as we can because engineering's for everyone and so and so is the ability to be happy with yourself um because you know charlie said it once and i hate to hate to quote him but he (laughs) he said health is wealth and uh and and emotional health is 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 more important than people like to talk about so right definitely Sam, you're so quiet. I think you're just coming up with a monologue. I feel he's, it coming on. He's, I, see a, I see a nebulous cloud forming nebulous above his this head. Word. <laughs> I'm still thinking about what Charlie was talking about. And my brain functions in proverbs. Like I don't, I, I retain information in the form of like limericks. Mm. Yeah. So yeah. the one that I'm currently working on after listening to Charlie speak is the, the best the best day's work as a developer is when you're developing yourself through others. Mm. So that's where my brain has been for the last 30 seconds. Yeah. And Put that on a t-shirt. It's, it's so, no, 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 you're good. It's so resonant, right? It's, yeah. uh, it's like depression is imposter monsters, crazy elderly grandfather. Yeah, who like beats them with a stick. <laughs> yeah. They are definitely related. That has been around a lot longer and yeah. knows the ropes and knows the tricks and knows 
its way around. Yeah. Um, but for some reason, because it's elderly, we think we have to treat it with some kind of reverence <laughs> that we don't have to treat imposter monster with in a lot of ways. Yeah. It's a scary thing, too, for me, at least. Um, just coming from a family where it wasn't really talked about and um, mental health in a lot of ways and, and talking about it was a, a sign of weakness until the family went through some some collective trauma. But. It's just a different, it's a different, uh, my journey is very different than anyone else's, but I think the thing that I resonate with Kelsey in your telling of your story is, and I don't know that I've had this day, but the waking up and like realizing that you are what you want to be and you mm -hmm. are an engineer and you will be an engineer and it's your it's your life you're taking ownership of it and you don't owe anything to anyone but yourself and that's really cool i don't know if i'm there yet but it's just really inspiring to hear you say it so sam uh, what else do you have for us today as far as like our our theme I don't know. I think what uh, what Kelsey led us into and the story that she's kind of shared, I think, lends itself to this idea that we kind of talked about talking about earlier today of how we view ourselves, like our image. What does that mean to us? What does it mean to other people? When do we take in feedback from other people? I think it's just a really cool time to be talking about it, too. Um, the four of us are kind of beginning to embark on the job hunt right now Nintendo. as a part of our growing process and <laughs> Nintendo. Um, <laughs> and I think it's, I think it's for me, for me in a lot of ways, it's a sticky spot just because I don't particularly like selling myself. Like I don't, it's one of the reasons why I'm not really acting anymore. I don't like walking into a room and being like, here's why you should hire me. I, I have a really, really hard time Voice with that. Artists. <laughs> I have a really hard time with it. So I don't know, kind of getting in touch with what a self image is. How can you cultivate it? How can you brag is the wrong word. How can you promote yourself? How can you enlist other help? I don't know. I mm -hmm. think, I, I think that's kind of what I want to talk about tonight. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. So with so, that in with like with that in mind, um when is the first time you all remember thinking about your self-image, like how you are perceived by the outside world? So perception of other people onto yourself. Yeah, or like, oh, this is how other people see me. Like, All oh, right. this is what this is what I have to bring. Or this is I don't know. Or maybe it's where you're at now, or maybe it's where you were at last. Or in the sense of selling yourself for like a Or just job. your self image. I think so. I don't know. I, we've yeah. all heard it, no, right? No, no. Yeah. If you get if you get in an elevator with What's an executive your and you're like, You have thirty <laughs> seconds. Tell me about yourself. Oh man. Isn't that the sure. first question that's always asked in interviews? <laughs> well, I, like. I had a I had a follow up question. I wrote it down. 
And I always told myself, like, because we come into the podcast, we have a couple of moments before we get in and things start like I start to create thoughts and, and questions I want to ask. But does the self-image have to be authentic? Mm. So what I mean by if you're selling yourself actor, right, does it have to be the person you see yourself as all the time? Is this the Eric on the couch? See Eric taking care of his screaming toddlers, right? This is the Eric who's, yeah, I'll just say, I hate to say it, but like, who's unhappy with his profession and teaching, you know? Is that the image that I'm cultivating? Or is it, can you, like, like Kelsey said, you're, she's finding out being healthy and maybe it's something new. And that could be exciting, a little scary, but. Is it have to be your authentic self in the past? Like, is it a version of yourself or is mm. it something completely new? Because honestly, and I know you're going to find this hard to believe because I'm super charismatic, super charming. Um, I am a shut in introvert. I don't necessarily like going out. Uh, it takes a lot for, for me to like be social. My wife takes me to a party. She's super embarrassed that I'm just like literally hugging my beer and just hoping nobody talks to me. Um, and at work, most people would not know that I have a podcast or that I, I talk or I'd like to consider myself one of the more outspoken people at Coatsmith, you know, at least in our cohort. Maybe I make a clown of myself. It's kind of like a thing. Humor to me has always been a diffusing mechanism because uh -huh. I think humor for me is timing. It's not necessarily how funny you are. Just say it and hope it lands like at the right time. <laughs> like, right? Like a plane, <laughs> like a plane on Mars or whatever, whatever. Maybe I should work for NASA. But what I'm saying is <laughs> to me, I'm not the guy uh, and maybe that is my imposter monster saying, Eric, you're not funny. Why are you trying to like get these people to, for instance, join LinkedIn and, and be more vocal? Why are you spearheading a podcast? Nobody's going to want to like uh, join a podcast about coding and software development. Like mm -hmm. um, what makes you think that you can lead this group of engineers and talk to them about version control or or when do you get into an interview and they're going to see right through you. They know that you're just some shut in guy that's depressed about being a teacher and that wants to get out. But some of those things are true. Yeah, I, clearly I'm depressed about my profession, but I don't think that image is the definition of me. I think you can rewrite it all the time. Like Charlie's commits to get, it's always going to change, right? <laughs> it's all, sorry, I had to do it. Um, it's always, I think you're constantly cultivating your self-image. You're not like waiting for a new season of yourself. I, I really don't like that like new year, new me bullshit. Like I hate it. I was like, why wait for the beginning of the year to decide, oh yeah, I'm going to give up drinking. No, just like stop doing whatever's unhealthy for you. Start doing more healthy things. To me, the healthiest thing I, I did during the pandemic when it hit was like, I just said, you know what? I'm teaching remotely. I like it, but I don't necessarily love teaching. I've got to, I got to change and redefine my image. Mm -hmm. I like software. I like computers. Mm. I consider myself a smart guy. Don't answer that. Um, <laughs> <or don't. laughs> so 
I think it's you have to convince yourself that this is you before yeah. anybody else will believe it. Yeah. yeah. I think you're absolutely right, Eric. And I think, you know, there to answer, to um, speak to some of your questions there, I think, um, you know, like, I don't know. I feel like people, people talk about like your, your self-esteem or whatnot as kind of like a, a fixed thing. Um, when, um, at least for me, um, you know, how I see myself, it, um, it definitely varies wildly, mm-hmm. even yeah. within the same day. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, do I, you know, it, like, you know, like, like you said, you know, the Eric on the couch and the Eric, you know, in the interview room, you know, they're both you. Um, but, um, what was my butt? Uh, my point here. Um, <laughs> I guess, you know, without invalidating parts of yourself, you know, how do you, um, like, um, strengthen those, you know, neural pathways, you know, that are going to be most beneficial to you when you're trying to present yourself to others. Um, you know, and I think, you know, the answer in some ways is you just practice and, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. it sounds, it sounds so, I don't know, silly and simple to me, but, um, and, and, and the idea of doing it also sounds awkward and weird, mm-hmm. but you know, like whenever I, you know, do something that I'm disappointed in myself in, my brain always connects that to, you know, this list of things that I also am not happy about, you know, myself that are from my history. Mm-hmm. And I think, um, that we have to start doing that with our wins, you know, yeah. like, um, okay. You know, like, and even, even when we, you know, don't have a win, um, you know, we have to practice, you know, what are our wins? What are our, what, what do we know about ourselves that is still true mm-hmm. that, you know, is going to remind us of who we can be. Right. No, that's well said. Yeah. And something I agree, Kelsey, a hundred percent. I think too, Eric, you mentioned, do we have multiple us's? Like, are there different versions of ourselves? How do we bring our most authentic self to an interview, but also understand that the context is we're in an interview? I think it's to to Kelsey's point, like, find the things that are at, at the core, you, your infrastructure, like, your root. Mm-hmm. Wow. A lot of, ooh, a lot of 
Oh, developer metaphors. Oh, yeah. Like, We're getting there. <laughs> like your source folder, like find that thing that doesn't change. And then your dependencies can shift their version depending on your environment. Like yeah. if you know that I have to uh, behave in these constraints, my application is is built strongly enough to function. Right. Like it just is. I I have faith. I've tested it. I've I've ran it. I've had that experience. Right. So I know that no matter what kind of BS I throw at it, or what kind of circumstance I throw at it, it'll persist. Right. And that's scary. Like that's that's a scary thing to do to take that leap of faith, especially the first time. The first time you have to put yourself out there and and genuinely be authentic yeah i i still can't do it and i get paid to do it sometimes <laughs> like I, it's weird it's just weird yeah. i think in like a metaphoric sense mm -hmm. when it comes to you know your self-image i think mm -hmm. each of us I, I i think of like your life right you're you're born you're a blank canvas. Mm -hmm. As you go through life, you change that canvas. You use different colors. You use different techniques. It's still you're still the canvas. So I feel as you progress and you build a self image of yourself, whether the image is dark or light or whatever, like it's still your canvas. So mm. when you're at the stage of like how you're going to express yourself as like open and honest as possible you know let's say you're in that interview phase right you go to the interview and here you are you're this human being this beautiful canvas that you've painted over years and years but you don't have to show them the whole canvas you don't have to show them the entire portrait not to say that you should hide the obvious like things and or holes and in your life but every human's flawed so that's okay mm -hmm. but like i want to take them to this corner of my canvas that has mm -hmm. brushed up on the skills enough i need to be able to interview for this and and have you guys believe that i can do this work mm -hmm. but then i'm going to open the canvas up a little more and show you guys more about who i am my personality and like mm -hmm. what mm -hmm. colors i've used and mm -hmm. what brushes i've used and what tools i've used um, Sam, you were, you, you were talking in the sense of like, obviously these engineering references, I'm talking in the form of like artistic painting. I can't paint. I can't paint for my life, by the way, FYI. But I think it's, I think self-image changes over, over the years. And I yeah. think that even earlier, Eric, when you were like asking Kelsey, if that's a completely different person at the root, you're always that same person. But like, that's just a part of Kelsey's canvas that she's covered up with another beautiful image, yeah. you know? Yeah. And as we evolve as people, as engineers, as human beings, what we do, what, what our interests are, what excites us, what, what we like, dislike, mm -hmm. that canvas is going to change. Mm -hmm. And if I go somewhere and I present my authentic self, I show the area of the image of myself that I want to show and, and I'm authentic. And if that, company for whatever reason doesn't think that i fit their bill that's their loss mm -hmm. yeah 
They don't want to mm-hmm. see how great we are as mm-hmm. human beings and individuals. Mm-hmm. Okay, no hard feelings. I'm not going to take offense by it. I'm just going to keep it moving on to the next. Because yeah. at the end of the day, however you see yourself, however you even think somebody perceives you, at the end of the day, no matter if it's a job interview or another person, somebody's going to see your value as a human right. being. No matter what hat you're wearing, no matter what your canvas is looking like at that time, somebody's going to see that value in you. Mm. And if they don't, then that's okay. Right. No hard feelings. Mm. Yeah. I started to think, now that kind of like realizing it, maybe we are just like a collage of different versions of ourselves. Like yeah. we have different images. I'm dad, mm-hmm. husband, Dude. teacher, software engineer, veteran. Yeah. Not to bring it back to this and not to interrupt you, but I had an acting teacher once who said, every character you play is just you leaned in one little direction. Like, that's all it is. Yeah. Eric, I do want to take back to you and see what your thoughts are. And I hope you don't mind me bringing this up. We were reviewing each other's resumes the other day. And I was looking at Eric's resume and it looks great. Mm -hmm. But I know Eric obviously is in a place right now where he's ready to pivot from his career as an educator and that is completely fine he has every right to do that but he had the smallest excerpt about it in his resume almost Mm. like he wanted people to just look over it like it didn't happen right Mm -hmm. and i told them well my opinion and it's just my opinion was was like you know, I, I know that you don't like the role, but I also think that there's value in what you provided and you shouldn't have to hide that part of yourself. That was my opinion, at least, because I think that even though you're growing past that point of being an educator, which is a beautiful thing, I think that a comp- a prospective company could find value in that. And you shouldn't hide that. Shouldn't have to hide that piece of your collage is what I'm trying to say. So, how many of you guys have taken interviews for a software development role? Just you and Sam, I believe. A couple, yeah. Okay. Um, Without naming the company because of an NDA, I've went through a whole six-round interview at a pretty big Fortune 500 Mm level-ish company, right? At a senior level. Um, I kind of got the impression that they, I mean, obviously they needed a senior, but like that their concern was strictly uh, engineering practices and and Mm. like what you do in that world. Mm. Um, I'm not ashamed of being a teacher, but it, and I'll bring up being a veteran too. It isn't what I thought it would be. And maybe Mm -hmm. it'll be like the same when I get into a a job for software engineering and I need to pivot again, you know? What if I become a UX UI guy? What if I just become a a, like a a a designer or a DevOps? It doesn't matter. Uh, That part of my history, it just I personally want to move on like mm-hmm. because I feel like I going through interviewing is like dating mm. like um, there are some parts you just you're just so desperate to like move away from that relationship and keep going. 
Um, and you've got to prove yourself to this new person that you, this new company that you have value, you know, uh, it, it's so hard and vulnerable and yeah. Like if somebody point blank asked me, yeah, are you a teacher? Yeah, I'm a teacher because I did get asked and I got asked if I was in a boot camp, and I said, yes, I don't want to like ruin my integrity as a person and say, you know, like I am a teacher, a veteran, all of that. Of but in the same time, like if you were to talk to me about my uh, military experience, I don't have combat experience. So sometimes I don't talk about my military experience because I don't feel as like, um, as worthy of a veteran to speak to that, you know, like I'm not a Marine, I'm not a Navy SEAL. Um, you know, I, I, and same thing for a teacher. I just, I haven't found passion in it in so long that I spent like 30 minutes trying to come up with more than one bullet point and I couldn't. Mm-hmm. I understand. And so finding some good parts of your history, maybe if you could just take one good thing, that's enough. Or mm-hmm. if you didn't put it at all, that's also fine. Because I know people don't do that, you know? Right. Um, what I was going to say a while back was that I think that we are a collage of our different versions of ourselves, like different images, snapshots of your history, what you want to be and where you are, dad, veteran, teacher, software engineer. If right now, software engineer professionally at least not as a dad because charles can make me feel bad he made me put like that i'm a father of twins on my resume too <laughs> yeah i did <laughs> uh like uh software engineer is my biggest picture in the collage of course mm. and so in this thing we've just learned in devops unit is that you can compose your images together to make a new environment for yourself right mm-hmm. right i want my biggest definition to be I'm a software engineer because I'm reinventing myself, you know, like I hope I don't know what other people's journey is, but personally, that's me. And I push myself so hard to make that image bigger and bigger. And so sometimes the other images get smaller or you just kind of say, oh, take them off your your board and say that was nice and just stow it away. It's not gone, but, you know. Yeah, I'm not a teacher forever. I'm done feeling resentful about what I could be because now I feel like I am that. Hmm. I think that the willingness to reinvent yourself into whatever path that you see is right for you in the moment is such a beautiful, empowering thing to do. And not a lot of people do that. I know that within our community of software engineering, that decision has been made. A lot of people were empowered by making this decision. But I think like generally speaking, it is such an empowering thing for somebody to like to pivot, you know, to whatever it is that is going to excite them the most or that's going to fulfill them, you know. So that's, you know, this goes to everybody out there listening whether you have hopes of being a software engineer or not, if you have something that's pulling on your heart that you want to pivot to and you want to reinvent yourself as a person, as a professional, just do that shit. Don't fucking hold back because then you're going to sit there with a pocket full of of regret and that's worth nothing. 
Yeah. Except for crime, don't. Yeah, don't, don't do get crime. into crime. <laughs> <laughs> so Kelsey, we've been yeah. we've been hogging the spotlight, I'm and sorry. we're gonna drop the mic, give it back to you. I, I felt bad, but Eric, um, first I just want to say um, that you know I um, it really resonates with me um, that idea of you know like. Um, resenting um, who you could have been. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like I, I struggled with that um, for a really long time. Mm. You know, like if, if I had been healthy, you know, would I be um, where I see my high school friends are now? You know, um, um, you know, would I be um, this, that, and the other in my personal and professional life? Um, and I, um, I agree. You know, taking steps to um, um, become who you want to be. Um, you know, pursuing this software engineering thing has. Um, has helped me put those demons to rest, mm. you know, quiet them more than anything else. Um, so, yeah, like I feel you on that. Um, yeah. And um, I think um, I really liked Charlie um, where you're going with the uh, the canvas and. Um, what I like about that is, you know, especially thinking about it as like a a collage or, you know, like a an abstract piece instead of maybe like a classical portrait. Mm-hmm. Um, is yeah. that, you know, like there's there's a lot going on on this whole canvas and um of your life and um you know I'm really, my brain is really good at, um, pointing out mistakes. Um, and I think, you know, we're, we're all good at finding our mistakes. Like, um, my mom, um, she, um, she still tap dances. Um, um, and I, I went to her recital, um, this, uh, spring and and it's amazing to me how every single time, um, you know, she gets up there with her group and, and she, she dances away and, you know, and it looks, you know, I, now I am not a tap dance expert. Um, mm-hmm. you know, she, she, she tried with me, but I, I quit dance after, um, one or two years, um, which was harder for her to take than for me. Um, (laughs) um, but you know, from the outside, you know, I think, you know, it's a great performance Mm -hmm. and, and without fail, she'll come off the stage and say to me, you know, did you notice when I, you know, missed this step and, you know, had to pretend like just moved my feet to pretend I was, you know, still, you know, like I was doing it quietly because I didn't want to make my tap, you know, tap shoes, make the taps. Cause I was 
you know, lost my place. And, and I, I never, I, I never pick up on that. Um, and I think, you know, you know, because, you know, and I do that too. Like I focus on the, um, the mistakes that I make mm-hmm. and disproportionately to, you know, my whole experience mm-hmm. and my whole canvas. And so I think, you know, we owe it to our sh- ourselves to go into any sort of, not even just in an interview setting, but into life, um, reminding ourselves, you know, these mistakes, these like little, you know, bit of, bit of paint over here, you know, that's not the whole picture. Mm -hmm. Um, there's so much more. And so I think, you know, because I already know my brain is really good at finding the mistakes that it's up to me to find what I, you know, what I think is, you know, done really well in this canvas Mm. and, um, find the wins and remember them, um, and remind myself, you know, I'm also, I, yes, I'm the person who, you know, made those mistakes, but I'm also the person who did these, you know, things that, you know, a year ago, I didn't think I could do. Yeah. Um, that I, you know, a year ago, you know, didn't even know was a thing that could be done, Mm -hmm. um, to know that I could do it or not, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so true. That is very well said. Thank you for that. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't think, I I mean, I, what an amazing way to end it. Uh, but I want to make space for anyone who has any other final words that they want to impart. I think, uh, I think everything everyone has said today has been super, super impactful and so cool to hear. And I think super helpful to me selfishly, just reminding myself that I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a canvas full of, expressionist swaths and Mm -hmm. one little square inch doesn't define who i am exactly it's great i i actually just want to share one brilliant thing that i heard yesterday by an amazing person named sam arnold oh god don't who oh jesus i thought you were gonna go in my direction (laughs) (laughs) sam and i spoke openly to a group of juniors yesterday in Codesmith program. Again, we're not sponsored, but we rep them because that's fam. But we spoke to a group of juniors yesterday about um general topic was imposter syndrome. But I think what Sam, what you said yesterday fits the build for what we're talking about today. And it's when you're facing that conflict that's right in front of your face. And that little person in front of your shoulder telling you you can't do something, your little demon over here, to make sure that you look back at the context of where you came from 
before you worry about that conflict that's right in front of you. And I think that that is probably, that resonated with me so hard yesterday mm. in, in, the, in the best way. And I think that that's something that kind of fits today's episode, I think. Like, always remember where you've came from and where you've been and what you've been through and how far you've come. And like, when you're facing the, these hurdles in front of you, whether it's related to programming or mm. not, mm. always remember that you've come so far mm. and there is so much more growth to be had. And one small conflict, one ink blot on your canvas is not going to define you. Mm. One thought I, I had to wrap up, and I think, of course, we give our guest of honor the last kind of of course piece to end on but maybe we can give a piece of advice to the listeners or or your former self or your future self whatever uh, kind of like end on a piece of advice uh so that like if people are dealing with depression or dealing yeah. with like work depression or they don't know how to build their image, or they just don't know how to fill out a resume, or they're going into an interview feeling like a phony, or whatever it is. If you just gave them a piece of advice to just, like, put in their pocket and kind of, like... I'll bring it back to teaching, since Charlie made me feel like such a phony teacher that I'm so ashamed <laughs> of the profession, but... Um, I noticed that my students... Uh, have fidget spinners and like all these like poppets and things that, that help them focus. They keep them. I don't like a lot of teachers. They get so annoyed by them, but like I realize I'm just real chill about them because I realize they keep them anchored. Like they need something to keep them in the moment. Not to, it actually is to help center them. Right. And so the reason I bring that up is if you had like some kind of like fidget spinner ish piece of advice, to give somebody to center them right before something big, right? Uh, what would that be? What could you say? Almost like the anti-elevator pitch, because elevator pitch, you're, you're selling yourself. But what if you were on a floor below that person who's on the elevator getting ready to talk to some big wig, mm -hmm. I don't know, random place, Nintendo, and they... You got to talk to them before they talked to the person they need to impress. What would you say to them? You know? Mm. So I'll tell myself mm -hmm. um, and anybody who, who's worth this. If you're in a job and you're not happy or if you're not happy and you find yourself with that green eyed monster looking at somebody else's income or house or car or whatever and i hope it's not as materialistic as that but if you just find yourself saying the grass is greener i think it's time to walk over to that yard and see what the grass feels like you know my wife did it she had a job she's working until 3 a.m every night it was so hard on us right like she wasn't getting any rest and she's going to get super pissed at me for telling the story, but fine. But she was just, it was really just hard on us. Hmm. But I've got my wife back because she found a good job. She's working remotely. She's happy. They respect her hours. She gets off at right when the clock is and she's there the whole week and she's present. Hmm. And 
I talked to her to, to try to push her, but ultimately it was her decision. She walked over to the other side. She took a huge leap of faith. And what's the end of her story? I don't know. Is she going to be happy at that company forever? I don't know. I don't think that's, it's not as definitive as that. But what I know is her present state is happy because she believed in herself and she, she walked over there. So I think anyone listening, if you're in a state where you aren't happy, go check out what's on the other side. I, I get so nervous before what feel like pivotal moments or pivotal opportunities or things like that. And uh, the thing that I try to remind myself when I'm in those situations, I don't have the brain space to, <laughs> to, to give myself a lesson or, or remind myself really why I'm doing something because I'm just so shaken up and nervous. So what I've, what I've gotten in the habit of doing is standing up. Like if you're sitting in a waiting room, obviously maybe go like step into the bathroom. So people don't look at you and think you're having a private seance, but stand up tall, um, Bend over and touch your toes as close to the floor as you can, as comfortable as you can without hurting yourself. Just change your perspe perspective. Look at the world upside down for a second. Slowly come back up to standing. Put your hand on your lower belly. Let your belly spill. Judy Dench says the moment she knew she was an actor was the moment when she was in a scene and she could feel her belly spilling over the waistband of her pants. Like she did. She wasn't conscious of what she looked like. She wasn't conscious about I'm super self-conscious about my gut. So like put your hand on your belly and breathe for a second and just like remind yourself where you are and that you're there and you're alive. And no matter what happens after whatever you're about to go through, you'll be okay. And you can come back to breathing. That's my advice. Remind yourself that of the now. Do something physical, five jumping jacks. A lot of actors on film sets, this is so silly, but try it. They blow on the back of their wrists like cold air, just like a new sensation, something new to remind yourself where you are. That's my advice. Charles. Oh, it's my turn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I thought I thought I got away with this one. I thought I dropped the gem before, but I'll give you all another know. one. Hey, if you want, if you want me to have two gems, no, like... no, 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 no. Damn, I was, I was gonna say exactly Trying what Sam said. <laughs> no. no, no, no. Listen, listen. And this is in those. Um, so, the elevator pitch to the person who's about to give the elevator pitch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the nested elevator pitch. Yeah. Freaking nesting. <laughs> Man, just be yourself. Yeah. Fully. Yeah. Own your presence. Mm. Be in control of your energy. Mm. And remind yourself that person that you're speaking to or that you're going to be speaking to is just in a weird, crazy, cosmological way, just an extension of who you are. 
and that person's not there to do you any harm and you're not there to do that person's harm and open up the dialogue to having a conversation that's it and don't forget to breathe i like that a lot that's awesome and i will all right i will say something i do get nervous a lot too mm-hmm. i get oddly nervous in public speaking forums like to this day i don't know why like before doing our shout outs which for those at home don't know that what that is every thursday night us in our community we get up in in a zoom room and we shout out people throughout the week who have supported us or helped us that week i still get nervous for that and it's so silly because i know i'm speaking to a bunch of peers who aren't judging me but i breathe i take a sip of water and then i remind myself that everybody i'm seeing is just an extension of me and that it's all love that's it that's nice I totally am judging you when you give those shout outs, though. But. <laughs> Kelsey, please take it away. Um, yeah, I've been thinking this whole time and I. I don't think I have something. Um, that comes to mind for what I want to say to the person about to give the elevator pitch, mm-hmm. but. um in a, you know, in that, like, for that one pressured moment. Um, but I want to speak to, um, all the moments before and after that. Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, I have, um, three, um, three quotes that I, um, that I really believe in. And, um, I think, um, I only know how to, how to attribute one of them. Um, but, um, so we'll start with that one. Um, um, this is, um, attributed to Thomas Edison. Hmm. Um, you know, who, in another quote of his said, he didn't fail 10,000 times. He found 10,000 ways not to make a light bulb. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, but so good. the quote that really strikes me is, um, when you have exhausted all possibilities, you haven't, mm. you know, like there's always, there's always choices, whether you see them at the moment, you know, you, you have that power. Mm. And um, so that's one. Mm. And then um, the second one, I actually um, found, I first heard on a fortune cookie. Um, so, you know, you know, that means it's good. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that one is um, failure is not defeat until you stop trying. Um, that's a good one one. and then combined with that those two I feel like kind of go together Mm -hmm. Um, and the last one um, is just start where you are Um, 
you know, we, we know where we want to be. Um, and we know the gap between here and there, but, you know, so often I try to start, you know, halfway between where I am and where I want to be so that I can get to where I want to be faster. Um, and, you know, I can tell you from my experience, that strategy um, has yet to pay off. <laughs> um, so, yeah, start where you are. Damn. Yeah. Oh, good. Awesome. Thank you, Kelsey. That's amazing. Thank you so much. Um, I know I speak for everybody listening and, and the two fellas and I when I say this has been great. Uh, an absolute pleasure. Uh, and we're super appreciative. This has been Java Unscripted. Uh, I am Sam. I'm Eric. And I'm Charlie. And I'm Kelsey. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Thank you, Kelsey. Thanks, Kelsey, for coming. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. If you like what you heard today, let us know on Twitter at Java underscore Unscripted. Or feel free to email us at javaunscripted at gmail.com. Additional information about today's show can be found in the show notes. Thanks again for listening. See you all next time.